0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranick, a TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 25 of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Right now, the Grizzlies uh, in New York City. As I record this, they will fly to Orlando on Thursday afternoon in advance of a Saturday afternoon game against the Magic at Amway Arena. Today's show being brought to you, as always, by our good friends at the Hoop City Basketball Club. They are doing individual placements and also team registrations for the Jack Jones Spring League, which is for first to eighth grade boys. You can get all the information on the Hoop City Basketball Club and the Jack Jones Spring League and how to get your young fella involved at HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them at Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. So go ahead and check that out and uh, get your young person involved so they can uh, learn about basketball and the game of life at, well, Hoop City does a fantastic job with that. Well, in today's show, uh, no special guest, uh, no friend of the program, I should say, uh, doing this uh, on the road and kind of on the fly. So uh, we've got some PD's points, but as usual, we will start with that was the week that was. So last Saturday, the Grizzlies were at home to take on the Washington Wizards. And uh, this was just a start-to-finish really strong effort from the Memphis Grizzlies. They got out to a 30-15 to 15 lead after one quarter. Grizzlies uh, dominant throughout. Let it wire-to-wire. 27-point wire, lead at one point for the Grizzlies. And what I found most amazing about this game, Grizzlies got up 100 shots. So obviously, obviously a fast-paced game. But the Grizzlies only turned it over nine times the entire game. Grizzlies shot well from three. They made 13-3, shot 42%. Grizzlies don't lose when they shoot 40% or better from three. Grizzlies dominated on the glass, unlike anything I've ever seen before. 60-37 to 37 was the count. Steven Adams with 10 offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies setting a new franchise record, 36 second-chance points. Third time this year, the Grizzlies have set and then reset the franchise record for second-chance points. They went from 32 to 35, and now 36 is the record for second-chance points for the Grizzlies. They continue to lead the league in that category for a second consecutive year. doesn't matter if you have Valanchunas or Adams. Both of them are dynamite on the offensive glass. And Stephen Adams, a double-double, 10 and 15, but 10 of those rebounds on the offensive end. And also had three blocks. Really good game. I have to say... I have great respect for Wes Unsell Jr., but the fact that he did not play Daniel Gafford in this game. Now, I know Gafford's coming back you know, from some time off due to injury and, and such, but the fact that Wes Unsell Jr. didn't play him and Gafford was a huge factor in the first game, in which Washington blew out the Grizzlies back in November, does not play him at all, does not play Davis Pertons, three-point shooter, does not play Haul Neto, and Neto had a 15-point game in the first meeting. I, I Not sure I understand it. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies' defense was so good. Bradley Beal, one of the worst shooting nights he had all year, two of 11 from the floor. Spencer Dinwiddie, subpar game from him as well, just three of 10 from the floor for 10 points. Kyle Kuzma? Look, Kyle Kuzma, maybe they're empty stats, the guy can produce. Went for 30 points and eight rebounds against the Grizzlies. He was the lone star, really, for the Washington Wizards on Saturday night. Got 34 from John Morant, another 30-point game, no big deal. Desmond Bain with 19, but the Grizzlies also got some good bench pop. They got 13 from DeAnthony Melton, who is starting to find his way offensively. Not only 13 points, but also had two... Steals in the game and seven rebounds. Grizzlies also got double figures from Brandon Clark, who right now, since he has been uh, basically put back in the rotation, has been pretty reliable uh, on giving you double-digit scoring pretty much every single night. So the Grizzlies then start on a three-game road trip, and they start in Philadelphia against a Philadelphia team that has been somewhat up and down. And the night before the game, Grizzlies were stunned to find out that uh, Joel Embiid was going to rest. They weren't on the back end of a back-to-back or anything like that for Philadelphia, so not quite sure exactly why, but they decided to rest Embiid against the Grizzlies. Don't know if the Grizzlies took their foot off the gas with that thought in hand, but uh, the Grizzlies did not get off to a very good start, particularly on the defensive end against the Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers go for 39 points in the first quarter. Uh, Grizzlies never really got their footing underneath them, the really the entirety of the first half. Uh, Philadelphia ends up shooting 50% in the first half. They get 18 points from Tobias Harris and 16 from Tyrese Maxey in the first half. Grizzlies close the gap a little bit after trailing by as many as 17, 63-58 as the teams go to the locker room. Issue here is Grizzlies were biting out a lot of pump fakes. They were allow- allowing a lot of dribble penetration, and Tyrese Maxey is really, really good. I know that you know, so much has been made of the Ben Simmons saga. For me, the big story here is, is not the fact that Ben Simmons doesn't want to play in Philadelphia and they can't trade him because you know the, what, what Philadelphia is asking is too high a price. Look, bottom line is Tyrese Maxey is a really, really good basketball player, and he and Desmond Bain are the two best in terms of increasing their scoring average from last year to this, from rookie to sophomore year. Maxey's their guy. And, and he is absolutely electric. Tobias Harris, it's been an up-and-down season, but the last half-dozen games coming into the Grizzlies game, he was averaging better than 20 a game, and he came out and had himself a very, very good first half. Uh, Grizzlies come back in the third quarter, uh, able to make a little inroads on the scoreboard thanks to John Morant, 13 points in the third quarter. Morant, by the way, the leading third-quarter scorer in the NBA. But Maxi countered with eight of his own. And the Grizzlies are down four as we head to the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, Morant comes up big again with nine. But the issue for Ja missed a couple of free throws in this ball game. Zaire Williams had a chance to give the Grizzlies the lead uh, late in regulation, uh, but not able to get that done Grizzlies do outscore the 76ers 31-27 and we go to overtime but in the overtime again the Grizzlies uh, not able to get it done because it was a big overtime period for Tyrese Maxey he finishes with six points and 33 for the game Tobias Harris with a bucket in the overtime as well Uh, the Grizzlies go three for ten in overtime and 0 for four from three, And they end up dropping the game 122-119 to the Philadelphia 76ers. Absolutely no shame in losing on the road at Philadelphia. Philadelphia's a very good basketball team, one of the best in the East, uh, but disappointing in the result because the Grizzlies had their opportunities. They came from 17 down, thought you had a shot at it, uh, not able to complete the plays at the very end. John Morant missing a shot that normally he would make. Zaire Williams loves the corner three. Had a good look. Didn't go down. This is what happens when you play highly competitive games. Uh, and even without Embiid, uh, Andre Drummond was absolutely fantastic. 16 points, 23 rebounds, and 10 of them on the offensive end, and had three block shots. He was fantastic. And as good as MB, Embiid has been. And yes, he is an MVP candidate, without a doubt. Even without him, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, got tremendous production from Andre Drummond, who, you know, he, he's been a starter. He's been a star in this league and certainly came up big for the Philadelphia 76ers. So the Grizzlies dropped their 18th game of the season, 35-18 and 18, walking out of Philadelphia, and then going on to take on the New York Knicks at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Uh, The game was nationally televised on ESPN. Remember that ESPN had flexed out of a Memphis-San Antonio game on the prior road trip, and John Moran took that as a little bit of motivation. Uh, You knew that he was going to come out and and he was going to play well. But in the first quarter, the Grizzlies shoot 56%. They make four threes, and three of those threes come from DeAnthony Melton. Morant, primarily a setup guy in the first period with four assists, six points. Grizzlies get out to a 35-27 lead after one quarter, leading by as many as 10. You're thinking maybe this is going to be the Grizzlies' night where they're just going to roll. Um, Would not be the case because the Knicks kept hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And a big reason they were able to hang around Mitchell Robinson with three first-half block shots. And uh, the Grizzlies... They did manage 36 paint points in the first half to only 18 for the Knicks. Grizzlies getting good production off their bench. John Morant with a nine-point second quarter. And the Grizzlies lead at 64-52 heading into the locker room. Grizzlies are shooting 52%. Knicks are shooting 37%. And yet you you weren't totally secure with a 12-point lead after one quarter. Knicks continue to battle back, continue to battle back. They get it within five in this ball ballgame, uh, but the Grizzlies eventually go on to win it 120-108. to 108. Grizzlies closed very, very well. They've scored the final eight points of the fourth quarter, and this was a big night for Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, Jaron finishes with a 26-point, 10-rebound double-double, but the absolute star was Zaire Williams, Uh, Zaire Williams, a career-high 21 points, 9 of 11 shooting from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3, and here's the important part. That scoring output, that's higher than anything he had in his year at Stanford. And Zaire Williams uh, bouncing back from missing a shot in Philadelphia. Crucial shot, crucial look, which normally he'll put down, uh, bounces back in a big, big way. Grizzlies had to withstand a flurry from Evan Fournier. Uh, Fournier with 10 of his 30 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Fournier, 8 of 12 from 3. Uh, the Knicks had come into the game, they were 13-4 and 4 when Fournier gives you four or more threes. And he went for eight earlier this season. He had a career high 41 points against the Boston Celtics when the Knicks erased a 25 point deficit at Madison square garden for John Morant. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, just 9 of 27. Missed all of his 6 from distance, including a couple from the Knicks logo. Uh, and again, it, it's been a mixed bag for Jot at the free throw line, 5 of 8. But did have 9 assists and 3 steals and 23 points. So the streak of 30-point games comes to an end at 7. But again, that's unprecedented in Grizzlies history. So the Grizzlies get 3 starters and double figures. They get good pop off the bench, 14 from Melton and Brandon Clark. As per usual, pretty much regularly uh, gives you 10 points. Grizzlies, again, dominating on the glass, particularly on the offensive end. 15 rebounds for 25 points. Second chance points. And the Grizzlies, again, they get up 102 shots, but only turn it over 11 times. So, a very efficient night for the Memphis Grizzlies as they go on to win it and they grab their 36th victory of the season. Grizzlies, 18 games above 500, they beat the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden 120 to 108. And that was the week that was. We'll get to Speedy's points in a moment, but first, a reminder that today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the moment we've all been waiting for since September. It's here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and you get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. Now, if Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their very first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team, bet just $5, and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. If you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, which is 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit CCPG. Dot org slash chat in New York call 1 1877 eight h o p e N y or text hope NY that's 467-369 all right let's get to some Petey's points and wrap this thing up before I gotta pack up the suitcase and get on down to Orlando uh, first of all the Grizzlies the thing that's most alarming is is the free throw shooting. Grizzlies were sub-70% against the New York Knicks, 16 of 23. Uh, John Morant was 5 of 8, uh, which is which is not where he wants to be. I, I, he comes into the game shooting right around 75, 76%. He's going to be on the line late in games. Uh, he has been a good clutch free-throw shooter. In the final five minutes, margin within five, he's above 80%. But just missing some free throws, and I know he's frustrated by it, and I know that he's going to get right with it, but uh, the Grizzlies... Uh, you know, le- less than 70% free throw shooting is not going to get it done on a, on a regular basis. So the Grizzlies will really have to tighten that up. Uh, they're the bottom third of the league in free throw percentage. They are doing a good job of getting to the free throw line. In fact, the Grizzlies are now top 10 in free throw attempt margin. Uh, about one, one and a half more free throws per game than the opponent. So they're getting there and they're middle of the pack in and one opportunities they're getting to the free throw line. They're getting calls that maybe uh, they haven't been getting in the past, but you gotta, when you get there, you got to make them. Number two, a night at the Garden. Some of you may be sick and tired of Brevin and me talking about how much we love Madison Square Garden. He, first of all, he's a Jersey guy, so of course he loves coming to Madison Square Garden. I love it for the simple fact of – most arenas, you sit at this giant scores table, and there's signage everywhere, and you might be set back away from the court a little bit. Madison Square Garden, the broadcast position, is opposite the team benches, which is less than ideal because you can't always see what the referee is signaling to the scores table. But that's a minor inconvenience. There's no big fancy table. It's literally a folding banquet table that they put right on the sideline. There is no better vantage point to see a basketball game than courtside at Madison Square Garden. I can see the plays better than I can anywhere else in the NBA. And you are jam-packed in there with the celebrities. Spike Lee comes over, says hello, shakes your hand, Fat Joe, the rapper, was there last night. CeCe Sabathia was there. The stars came out to see John Morant. Uh, got to see Doris Burke, Mark Jones, Mike Breen, Walt Clyde Frazier. I mean, there's a lot to like about going to Madison Square Garden. And since the Grizzlies are in the Western Conference, we only do it once a year. And last year, weren't able to make the trip because uh, local broadcasts were not traveling. It's always fun to win. It's always fun to win on the road, but a win at Madison Square Garden, like I said on the post-game show last night, it just hits different. Petey's point number three, uh, Zaire Williams. I am so happy for this young man because he came into the league and you looked at him and you're thinking, okay, physically, is he ready for the NBA? But clearly had played high-level AAU basketball, uh, had played high-level high school basketball at Sierra Canyon with Bronny James, and... After he came back from the ankle injury he sustained in the win at Miami, I mean, he's been fantastic. His length, you can put him on perimeter players, you can put him on point guards, and his length does bother uh, some players. Now, does not have the body strength yet uh, that hopefully he will have in the coming years, but his length really gives the Grizzlies an advantage on the perimeter. Uh, Playmaking ability is there got you three assists against the New York Knicks and then just shot lights out, 9 of 11. He said, look, I've been dreaming about playing in Madison Square Garden my entire life, had the opportunity, and boy, did the young fellow make the absolute most of his opportunity and uh, very happy for him. Great kid, down to earth. Um, you know, he, here's, here's a kid who was picked 10th overall, does not take it with a sense of entitlement, uh, puts in the work. Puts in the work in the weight room, puts in the work with his diet, puts in the work on the floor, puts in the work watching the video, and, and it's paid off. And very, very happy for Zaire Williams. Uh, you know, and probably will go to the bench when Dylan Brooks comes back, but I'll tell you what, it, you get this type of play from Zaire Williams off the bench, uh, it's going to be really, really good stuff for the Grizzlies. You know, and, and, and tangentially to that, I was asked by somebody on Twitter, what's the ceiling for this team? It's like, I really don't know because – the Grizzlies haven't had everybody together at the same time for more than a minute, if that. When Dylan Brooks comes back and when this team is totally healthy, it's going to be pretty scary. And I mean, even without Dylan Brooks, they have been a very good basketball team. And um, ceiling, I don't know. Everything breaks right, this team could get to the conference finals. Uh, you know, they definitely should have home court in the first round of the playoffs. Whether you can advance is going to depend a little bit on the matchup. If you end up playing Dallas, you're going to need a Dylan Brooks to deal with Luka Doncic because when the Grizzlies don't have Dylan and Dallas has Doncic, it's a rough go for the Grizzlies, and they've not been very successful against them. But we don't know what the playoff pairings are going to be. A lot of basketball yet to be played. We're not even at the all-star break yet. Uh, Up next, Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, we talked about Zaire Williams in the spotlight at – Madison Square Garden, but Jaron Jackson Jr., I thought played one of the better games all around for him this season. 26 points, 10 rebounds, got the double-double, efficient from the floor, finally broke free and started making some threes, four of seven from beyond, couple of blocks, a steal, an assist, solid all-around game from Jaron. Very proud of him stepping up in the big moment on the big stage. You know, everyone's looking at John Morant, and Jaron grabbed a bit of the spotlight, which is really fantastic for him to see. I have been so gratified and so happy for his continued development this year. Uh, he's played the game with a, a, a spirit of joy and happiness, but he's also brought some grit and grind, and uh, and an edge from Jaron maybe that we hadn't seen or at least I hadn't noticed before. Uh, I just like the way he's playing right now. He's playing with a good balance of fire and ice, and uh, that means a lot of good things for the Grizzlies going forward. Finally, we touched on this uh, in the pregame show in Philadelphia uh, talking about Taylor Jenkins and why he has been so su- so successful with this basketball team and should be highly considered and should be a front runner, frankly, for NBA Coach of the Year. One of the things that he did while he was in protocols, while the coaching staff was in, Um, transition, I guess you could say, because of COVID going through the coaching staff, Taylor Jenkins kept an air of continuity with his basketball team, which is really, really hard when You know, uh, Darko Ryakovich, who's your lead assistant, he goes out for a while. Uh, David McClure, Scooney Penn. Uh, You also had people behind the scenes who are not on the bench necessarily, in the team performance staff, team video coordinators missing time because they're in protocols. And all through this, Taylor Jenkins did an amazing job of keeping everything consistent and constant. And behind the scenes... You didn't know who all was in protocols unless you were really with the team on a day-to-day basis and paying attention. Didn't matter who was in, who was out. The Grizzlies were able to maintain their continuity. They were able to roll through all these ups and downs of players in and out of protocols. And right now, thankfully, nobody's in protocols. So real credit to Taylor Jenkins. And in talking with people in the Grizzlies front office, what they're telling me is that Taylor is so detail-oriented, and he takes a holistic approach. So when you talk about this basketball team, you almost want to talk about it as a program, much as you talk about a college team as a program. It's not just what you do between the lines, but it's everything. It's your habits. And Taylor Jenkins has created a culture here with the Memphis Grizzlies that has resulted in one of the most successful seasons we've seen in quite a while. Ultimately, the success will be judged by success or failure in the playoffs, but what Taylor Jenkins has done is remarkable. Second youngest team in the league, they're 18 games above 500, and they've been without Dylan Brooks for a good portion of the season. They missed John Morant for a dozen games. You cannot overstate what a good job Taylor Jenkins has done with this basketball team, and at the end of the day, I don't know if he wins NBA Coach of the Year, but certainly Uh, he's going to get a lot of first-place votes. And uh, if I were voting, I know I'm biased, but but I'd certainly vote for him as NBA Coach of the Year. All right, that's a wrap for the Grizz Weekly Grind, episode 25 of season two, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook and the Hoop City Basketball Club. Uh, We're going to pack up the hotel room here in uh, New York City and head on down to Orlando. Grizzlies will have – a day without a game. I don't want to call it an off day because Taylor Jenkins may have a practice tomorrow, but I know that I'm going to I'm going to Disney World or Epcot, or I'm going somewhere, and I'm going to enjoy the sunshine uh, down there in Orlando. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.